Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Domeheads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Welcome and thanks again for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette, where we cover Under the Dome, or as I like to put it, Beneath the Hemisphere. Yes. (laughs) I'm overworked obituary editor... Doug Payton. And I'm archival footage editor Karen Lindsay. And you were overworked today. I was super overworked. Uh, we're hot off the presses with this issue for season three, episode 10, entitled Legacy. Episode 10. We've only got, what, three left? Three more left. Yeah. I know. Scary. Coming down to the wire. We're still, we're, we're, we're not tying up loose ends. We're adding more loose ends. I know, right? And we'll get to that. We're oh, closer to getting the dome down, though, right? Sounds like it. Yeah, it does. But some people don't want it. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. It seems like everyone wants the dome to come down. Or at least most people want the dome to come down. For a while, Jim wanted to leave it up. Yeah. Because it was true. his town. It's his town. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> What's his this week? But right now... We are published by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. And we have our wonderful little Facebook page. Look for the Chester's Mill Gazette now. We are going to have a Golden Spiral Media meetup at DragonCon in my little hometown here. And it's not really my hometown. It's my adopted hometown of Atlanta. And uh, for those of you coming into town uh, for that event or who already live here, and I know some of you do, on September 3rd, the Thursday evening before Dragon Con kicks into high gear, at 7 p.m., we're going to have a little get-together at a restaurant called Einstein's. Now, this is not, as I you know, mistakenly thought at the beginning, not the Bagel Brothers dudes. <laughs> this is an actual restaurant called you know, Einstein's. Einstein's, okay. It's really it's a nice little restaurant, a little southern-style uh, cooking there. If you want to get to the Facebook event page real easily... Go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash DC15, as in Dragon Con 2015. Goldenspiralmedia.com slash DC15, and let us know that you might be coming. I will be there, because it's, like I said, it's just downtown for me. Awesome. And Daryl Darnell, if you listen to the Golden Spiral Media um, Person of Interest podcast, of course, you know, Daryl is the uh, is the big man on campus when it comes to GSM, but he and I are the person of interest, you know, things. So if you listen to person of interest, you'll see the, the whole group there. Now, are you going to be? Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to make it, are no, you? No, I don't think so. But uh, we were going to try. It It came down to the wire, but I don't think we are. And I think no. he also does Berserker Cast. He does Berserker Cast, and Emily O'Leary, I believe, will be here. Right. And so the whole Berserker Cast uh, hosting crowd will be there. Right, right. So, so and awesome. there's a, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of I think of, uh, Kevin listeners. Batchelder will be there. He has been there before, yes. Yes. Uh, he always goes to Dragon Con, but I don't know whether he's going to be at the, Dragon, at the uh, GSM meetup or not. Um, but I know he's always at Dragon Con. That's his thing. 
Um, he hosts panels and stuff. Um, and he is also one, his Arrow podcast is uh, nominated for a Parsec Award and they are given out at Dragon oh, Con. Oh, at Dragon well. Con? Oh, okay. So, yes. Um, they are a Dragon Con uh, construct. So, I got you. Yeah. So, so if you want to see who's showing up and you register the fact that you might uh, or you will, and we'd like to have you there, go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash DC15. Yeah. And All I right. highly recommend Dragon Con. It's awesome. It's huge. Yeah, it is. It's huge. It used to be a tiny little thing, and uh, now it's it's huge. <laughs> yeah, so. everybody in Atlanta knows Dragon Con weekend. You know, yeah. Labor Day stand back. Yeah, and it's also like really accepting of people. Really accepting. Um, it's the most laid back, huge Comic Con um, that I, I've ever seen. So it's very and cool. while not being a Comic Con, actually. Right, exactly. It's, it's not like con. Atlanta Comic Con. This is his own thing. Yeah, it used to be uh, just a a convention, like a gaming, um, mm-hmm. what do you call it, where people would dress up like a science fiction gaming comic convention, and now it's just an everything media convention. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't mean to go on. Now let's talk about Under the Dome. <laughs> All righty. Well, the writers this week, we had two of them, Alexandra McNally and Andre Fisher-Centeno. Correct. I'm guessing. Yep. And the director, Denny Gordon. Yep. I don't know if he was the commissioner or not. <laughs> commissioner Gordon. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. See what you did there. All right. Different, different, different TV show. Yes. I looked All up right. their credits, and most of their credits are under the dome. Oh, okay. All of them. Uh, except for They've Denny. They cut their teeth on the dome then. Denny oh, Gordon has. Ow. Oh, ouch. Denny Gordon, um, she has a lot of credits. Um, and Andre Fisher Santano um, has won a few awards, but they're small indie awards. So, just a, a little background info. Anyway, awards nonetheless. Yes, correct. All righty. Well, let's pop on into our wonderful episode discussion. And our headline this week: Acteon arrives after activating an alien. That is so good this week. Oh yeah, I we think we did. We I can see when our ratings we did a little better here. Yeah, at least at least in our eyes, I gave it seven, a uh, seven shooter from Dead Eye Calvert Hill. Very nice. Instead <laughs> of a six shooter. Yes, indeedy. Very nice. So she had an extra bullet. There you go. Wait, it's 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 you know a seven shooter. It's, Except it's, it got it, snatched out of her hand like a pebble. Grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> at the last <laughs> moment. <laughs> snatch it from my hand um i gave it seven and a half prescient crudely drawn baby bottles do you think they knew ahead of time they were going to the to the tot oh maybe tot well i was just yeah i had i i imagine they had just said yeah my uh safe house is at the such and such yeah i'm assuming they did because she drew the baby bottle but how you could they have known ahead of time I didn't get that, but anyway. Obviously, it's safe house. Obviously, yeah. it's safe house. Okay. <laughs> so I gave it a seven and a half, and uh, I just thought it it did move the story along a bit, um, and I liked the fact that uh, Big Jim and and um, the the bit of a struggle between Big Jim and Hector gave it a bit more bite, mm-hmm. and ramped up the acting a bit. I thought between the two of them. Yeah, it was more. There was more for Jim to do, right? Than than you know, uh, call for Indy and uh, and 
you know, disparage the rest of the resistance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of intrigue there. You can only work with what you're given. There yeah. you go. And I liked Hector's second hand, you know, his right hand man as well. Yes. I thought he was good. So pretty well, nice. Back, back pretty nice looking. A, l- a little extra eye candy for me. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Do you know the actor's name yet? Um, No, I didn't check. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's in the guest stars. I just didn't really check. But. <laughs> well, we pick up this story kind of pretty much right after the other one, uh, the previous one, Plan B, left off. Correct. Minutes. And maybe. Maybe seconds. seconds. I didn't see any birdies tweeting around uh, the two. Oh, Did come you? on. That's, it's the birdies tweeting with the kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something, you know, from... Snow White or Cinderella here, you know, a little song or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they're so Barbie's back after the I, kiss. It has oh. to be from um oh the one with Patrick Dempsey. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, that's the one though. So so yeah, so he's back and and it's you know, the question is could he be faking that reaction? And mm, I, don't think I guess so. he could have, but I, I, I got the impression they're really trying to let us know that this is the real Barbie and the Barbie's back. Yeah. And Barbie's back and you're going to be in trouble. Hey, hey la, la, hey, la, my Barbie's back. That works, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> could that be our Barbie of the week? No, it's not our Barbie. Oh, it isn't. But we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, we got some we good will. ones. Um, I have a feeling that's the real Barbie because true love always saves the day, right? That's I mean, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, true love's kiss, boom. Yeah. That has to be the real Barbie. So we get uh we get beyond that. We we think Barbie's back. And we get onto the attack in the funeral home, of course, there. Um the the, the resistance putting up a pretty good resistance, I'd say. Yeah. I think they were. I, I wrote down as they were uh, coming up, I'm thinking, okay, here's some more obituary victims. No names. Right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Lots of them, though. Yeah. And then Hector comes in to save the day. Now, it, it occurred to me, this is the same situation we had when Sam uh, was supposedly saving uh, Joe and Nori from the folks who were coming in around him at the library. And maybe that was a setup. Maybe they were there to, you know, he was there to kind of uh, get him, get them to trust him. But for for Hector to come in to, a, you know, a funeral home, and, and what are they doing? Are, is, is the whole crowd coming in from the front door and they're leaving the whole rest of the building unguarded so that he can sneak in, rescue everybody, and hit the road? And <laughs> No, I think they fought their way through. Because there was all kinds of gunfire. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think they fought their way in. Oh, uh, okay. The only the only gunfire I was and they helped I, in the front too. Ultimately, yeah, but I didn't hear. I I don't know. I I would have expected to hear maybe somebody say, "Where's that coming from?" You know, the gunfire that they're that they're hearing because because you know our resistance is guarding nothing but the front door. Nobody's guarding the back. I know. You know, so, come on, guys. I know. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I do think that they were helping out on both sides. Okay. Uh, that's the impression I got from watching it. Now, 
because it looked like they were getting overwhelmed and then all of a sudden they some of the guys on the front were getting picked off yeah yeah you know but in the one the one opening the front door you know know. this is part of the reason for my seven i know well, you know, there's so many hand waves in this show. <laughs> um, that's a pretty simple one. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I can see where you would cut your score down a little bit for that. <laughs> and and they do, you know, conveniently come in the back where no one's guarding it. Um, <laughs> but they do, you know, they they are very taken aback by these guys coming in with guns. Like they're not quite sure whether that they're being overwhelmed you know, that they're getting taken by mm-hmm. Acteon or whether they're getting saved by Acteon. They're not and Acteon, sure. Acteon would have trained, you know, uh, you know, guys who were trained with guns versus the uh, the zombies who really don't, right. you know, they're just, they're just pulling Shooting, triggers and hoping they hit right. some. Right. Shooting wildly off into the air. Mm. Yeah. They were, oh, yeah, I can see that. It seemed like they were just kind of hitting the wood of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Or the windows, you know. Stay back from the windows. Right. Nori Nori doesn't feel like she can really, you know, help. Yeah, poor Nori. Yeah. Well, we get back to Julia and Barbie, and he's telling her all about the queen. And uh, so we, you know, he gives his gun to Julia, which at this point, uh, I think that's the the note to the viewer that, yes, he is back, because he wouldn't do that otherwise. Mm-hmm. He would not really, um, he wouldn't hand that over. He so, wouldn't armor, no. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, so there's, so that that's, I think that's a good, uh, a good indication. Now, we get, we get back to uh, Acteon and Jim, and they are, um, you know, they, they've, they've moved out to where Jim has another safe house. This man has the whole town rigged or something. I don't no. know. <laughs> so weird. Man alive, and and he had a line, and I had to write it down as soon as he said it, and I could hear you just saying it. Everyone has said this to me. Everyone. No one said you could stay. This is my safe house. There it is. Say, say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta say it. <clears throat> no one said you could stay. This is my safe house. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, folks. I aim to please. It's like they're listening to the podcast. I'm a trained you know? monkey. <laughs> they, they, they had this filmed already <laughs> before we even started the podcast. But yes, thank you, Jim, for setting me up for yes. my for my impression of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's the um, the Karen Big Jim line of the week. Thank That's you. right, my Big Jim line of the week. It's the Big Jim owns blank. Of the week. <laughs> <laughs> what does he own this week? That's right. And he owns a safe house. Now, <laughs> here's my question. This is one that I posed earlier in our podcasting uh, season. Why are they setting up all these tents and building these houses when they have a whole town full of houses? And now we've been shown that there are empty houses. Lying around, yeah. So why are they still setting up tents? And <laughs> I'm guessing that it's easier to um, it's easier to control them when they're all together. Okay. 
That's so she's a, you trying know, to group them? Working together, you know, and if you have to gather them up every time you want to do something, you know, th- th- this way they're all right there. They get up, they whistle while they work and do their thing. So she's and, trying to uh, make a commune? Yeah, I, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, I, but but I think it's it's easier to oversee the what's going on when they are all together. And, and, and she's trying to give them a sense of community. Okay. That's my guess. All right, so she's... She's kind of faking the fact that there aren't enough places for them to live, or she's well, I, pushing. Or she, that. I don't not necessarily faking, just saying I think we should all live here, and everybody is already uh, predisposed to do whatever she says, so they do. Okay, all right. They, they she just kind of hinted that you know, hey, there's not enough houses, so let's build some houses here. Yeah, yeah. So okay, all right, that makes sense. This is my safe house. You can't stay here. Well, and Jim, you know, he's lying again about Marston, and we'll see later that he gets called on it. But he is in a situation now where he is not calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And Hector has basically, um, I mean, he's got the point. He's, he's the one that saved them. Hector's the one that saved them. They, they needed them. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you can't, it, it, fine, we can, we can back off and you can, you know, I have take your, uh, uh, take your chances with the, the the zombies out there, but yeah. And you know, Big Jim says, "Well, I'll take you out to see where where Marston was, but you know, you got to come alone." And <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hector's not going for that. Yeah, we know. We we've been watching you by satellite, dude. We are not doing right. This. And here's someone who's reminding us: Big Jim's been doing some bad stuff. Yeah. And th- this is really reminding us. What he's been doing. And, you know, he, he says, I'm not going out there with you alone. And they take his gun away. <laughs> and they go out. Now, luckily for Jim, that lab was all burnt out. <laughs> yeah. So he can say, oh, well, I don't know what happened. But he's a horrible liar. And this is the weirdest thing because he's a used car salesman. He ought to be good at it. He should be good at lying, right? I mean, isn't that the deal when you're like a salesman, a really good salesman? And he, we've seen him lie before. He's a decent liar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's not good when it comes to Hector. I think he's scared of Hector. Uh, and you know, his, his little side guy there has a, has that big Uzi, uh, with a silencer on it. Mm -hmm. And he just, he cannot. He can't lie to him convincingly. Well, Hector represents, you know, another power struggle that right. Jim really has doesn't have much to uh, to go up against with. I'm sorry, I ended that with a preposition. There we go. <laughs> you know yeah. what? That's not that's not a rule anymore. That's not a rule. I'm it's liking not. that idea. I wish it was that that was that way when I was in school. I know, me too. <laughs> but it's <sighs> not a rule anymore. I'm I'm learning that. Fairly slowly. I'm going to do that as much as I can. I know, right? Don't you want to just (laughs) do it really quickly? Um, it's, it's hard for me to learn that rule, but I'm, I'm learning it. Uh, yeah. Hector is, is an alpha and Jim's an alpha or he wants to be the alpha and he hasn't come up against another alpha. Um, you know, Barbie's oh, Bar- Barbie was kind of one. Wasn't he's it? a baby alpha. Okay. Um, a lowercase alpha. Well, he was in the military, so he can take orders as yeah. well. 
Um, he's an alpha, but he's also, he was a regimented alpha. And Big Jim's not. He's never learned to take orders. So he can force his will upon other people. Um, just, you know, in, in terms of dynamics. And so Big Jim was pretty much the only, you know, top alpha of the group. And now, and he got rid of all the other ones. You know, anyone who could have been. literally, Yeah. Uh, anyone who could have been a, a rival for his alphaness gone. Um, Maxine. Maxine. Yes. Would have been Especially. an alpha. Um, I don't think Lyle could have because he was too laid back. But, you know, there were others that could have been. What's his name? The The dude who had all the propane and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out yeah. on the ranch. I do not recall. I don't think we had it. That we was had season that one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, it was, and it wasn't a, a long-lived character. No, but he, he, he was getting uh, Junior on his side and everything. Oh, um, yes. Uh, Ollie. That's it, Ollie. Yeah, Ollie was yeah. a huge challenge to his alphaness. Um, and he managed to get rid of him. But Hector is going to be... Uh, now, mind you, there's only three more episodes, but they're definitely butting heads on that. You know, who's going to have control of everything front? Um, and that really, I mean, right up front, you can't stay here. This is my safe house. I mean, that was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they couldn't have laid it out any better. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And, you know, it, he lied about Marston and Hector totally calls him on it. Uh, you know, he. He hesitates for a minute, and then he just he sees right through it. Okay, it's he, like it's like he's been watching him on TV for three years, right? Exactly. Which he well, three weeks, <laughs> three weeks, but <laughs> three years in our time, three weeks in his time, <clears throat> and uh, he 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 gets it. He's like, okay, you've done something with him. It hasn't been the resistance. We haven't seen the resistance come out here. We haven't seen you stashing him out here, so there's he never left fishy the place. going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's a uh, you know this is this is Jim now having to deal with people who know him, or at least you know have have analyzed him. Right. Speaking of analysis, Barbie is back in the enemy camp trying to blend in. You know, he's trying to remember the things he used to say that. Uh, that uh, made sense to the kinship. Right. And I think he's doing a great job of keeping his cover. And that suggests a little something here. And now, the Barbie of the week. We have undercover Barbie. Blends in with good and bad guys, but has a problem telling them apart. Can't be trusted with a long-term assignment. Identified by his mode of transportation, the Prius which is sold separately. This has been the Barbie of the Week. Yes, Barb Rankin, you recognize your Barbie of the Week. There, That's that was right. The Thanks, Barb. That's right. Undercover Barbie. Ugh. That's a good one. And I like the Prius. <laughs> Identified by his mode of transportation. Sold separately. Which one is he? He's the guy in the electric car. In the, in the you know, the nice Hybrid. looking one. It's a yes. hybrid. It's a hybrid. Okay. All right. Well, she's dead. She can't be driving. Good point, <laughs> Julia. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 
And of course, you know, we had to get that little jab in there about, hey, look, it's our sponsor, Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Product placement. Thank you. Hello, viewer. This is our sponsor, the Prius. Make sure to zoom in on the logo. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So I thought he did a good job, but I knew that Junior was seeing through it a little bit or at least doubting it. I thought that he covered really well when he said, you know, well, how did you feel about killing Julia? And he said, I felt like I was contributing to the cause or whatever it was that he said back to Mm -hmm. him. Um, I mean, I didn't memorize what he said, but he said the right thing. I thought that, you know, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel bad. It just felt like he was contributing to the cause or whatever. Um, And I thought that covered it. You know, that I'm trying to figure out what Junior thought was suspicious yeah me too what was it what was his tell you know it, it wasn't it wasn't telegraphed to me at least i mean maybe somebody else uh was it that was up. there some bit of hesitation like did he take a little too long to answer or i don't know uh, was it because he stopped him from hitting joe that could be, but it's well. It can go that way because um, Junior uh, didn't seem to have. Uh, I believe the character's name was Paul, who didn't want them to take down this load-bearing yep, uh, beam. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if Paul was fully kinshipized. Um, yeah, I don't think he was. But he was at least following following the orders, even though he didn't necessarily like it. Um, but yeah, so, um, I'm not sure if you, if if you, if you diss Junior, if you don't do what Junior says, he's going to be suspicious of you no matter what. Right. Yeah. But I don't get why he would, well, I could see why he would try to undermine Barbie, I guess. Uh, He's jealous of Barbie. Yeah. And so he's got to uh, do something to, maybe this is another alpha battle. Well, yeah, um, he wants to be Alpha. Yeah, at least junior. Alpha, according to Christine. Right, right. He wants Christine to be Alpha, and he's afraid that that uh, Barbie's going to try and take that spot. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think he's jealous of Barbie. Yeah. Well, and Barbie does have a kind of a, a big position in there as the father of the queen. Right. And I don't think he realizes, Junior, I don't think Junior realizes that Christine is is going to die. Or if he does, he doesn't want to lose his place. He's going to be peeved when that happens. Right. <laughs> peeved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, if he loses his place again... I mean, he was yeah, Big yeah, Jim's yeah. son in the town, which made him a big guy, and now he's lost that. He was Angie's boyfriend, and he lost that. Um, you know, he was his mother's son first and foremost, and he lost mm-hmm. that way back. I mean, every single title he's had over all this time, he's lost. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah, any title he's had, someone's boyfriend, someone's friend, one of the four hands, um, he's always lost that title. So now he's Christine's guy. And now with, you know, 
they're going to be another queen. Yeah, and that, that queen's kind of ascending, so Barbie is ascending with it. Right. So now he's going to lose that. So, he, you know, kid. he's always like the... Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad. Poor Junior. Always yeah. losing. Yeah, but he's a nut, too. Yeah, I know. He, he kind of deserves to lose, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, you're having a bad time, but you know what? I don't mind. You're right. <laughs> I don't. Nori gets some shooting lessons from uh, from the acting on you know right hand man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked his line where because you see a lot of TV shows where you know shooting the bad guys and uh, is 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 you know it 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 just happens you know oh well there we go and we move on uh, kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger line I. I quoted from uh, a couple of uh, episodes pastor in true lies where his wife asked him have you killed people yeah but they were all bad mm-hmm. but it's but this guy kind of comes you know comes at it from uh it doesn't matter though you take a life it changes a person mm-hmm. and i liked that acknowledgement at least and i think that the idea of him saying that you know kind of foreshadows what happens to it happens at the end there when nori does uh, take someone out and so then the question is how is that going to change her she has been affected by death twice in three weeks three mm-hmm. and a half weeks and now she's taking a life now you know i'm wondering is this going to kind of push her over some edge that she just is not going to be able to uh, to handle any more of this. I'm done with resisting, you know, that sort of thing. I'm, uh, I'm wondering mm. if that has, uh, I mean, what she did was necessary at the end. You know, it, it Julia was about to be uh, exposed, the, the whole, uh, and Barbie as well, because he didn't actually kill her. So, you know, th- th- so there's that, but right. it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they were all bad, but you still have, you know, the He's emotional. Still, right, taken yeah. a life. Sure. So I I I, in, I appreciated that um, that acknowledgement at least. It was a one is a quickie line, and then he starts showing her how to shoot. You know, but I like that. Yeah, I agree. And we saw Lily come in with the crowd now, um, and you know she's kind of uh, you know a little hero worship with Hunter there. Um, you know the the hacktivist legend she called him. I like that. Yeah. Great little title. Hacktivist. And, I've heard and that she, before. The ha- oh yes, hacktivist uh, on Arrow. Oh okay. I only ever watched the first season of Arrow. I'm sorry. Felicity used to be a hacktivist. Ah, so so we're borrowing. Uh, well, maybe it's a maybe it's a thing, huh? Uh, yeah, I think it's a real thing. So is a legend. So there you are. <laughs> yes, it's a legend. By the way, um. Just so you guys know, uh, the right-hand man's name is Bo Griffith on the show. Oh, okay. So, Bo. All right. And his so name in real life is Roger Floyd. Bo knows how to shoot. Yeah, Roger Floyd in real life. Roger I just looked Floyd. it up. All right. But Bo. So we and can if call he was Bo. all dressed in pink, he would be everybody. Pink, pink Floyd. Floyd. Oh. Thank you. All righty. Oh, but yeah. Oh, my head. <laughs> meanwhile, hurts. meanwhile, let's get a, let's get beyond that <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly. Hunter asks who was chasing them when he, you know, last he saw Lily, and she can't talk about it. Now, mm-hmm. do we have any guesses 
I, it may be, I'm guessing, a, a, another party we're not aware of at this point. I think it's um, the military. Think just the military in mm-hmm. general? Why so. couldn't she tell him about the military? I was thinking like it's uh, an anti-alien um, contingent or something like that. Like they've figured out that aliens have, you know, that this is an alien takeover of some sort. Well, I I think it has to do with that conversation on the swing. That they know too much. Yes, okay. And that they want to shut themselves inside the dome to stay safe and all that stuff. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to wait? No, let's go ahead and do that because we, we, we uh, get into a little bit of the uh, of the flashback here. And uh, this is where our guest star, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Paul pl- McCrane. He, Paul McCrane. Played mm-hmm. on ER and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Along and with... Eric LaSalle on ER. Yes. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. They're mm-hmm. both. Uh, they're both on that. Mm-hmm. There's a little ER reunion here. That's right. Uh, and 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 all we need is Noah Wiley now bankrolling the whole thing. That's right. He's on the librarians though. So. And falling skies. And falling skies. You are correct. But we have. You know, I thought it was interesting is when they deal with the the one that they put back together, that it came with blue stars. Mm-hmm. Rising in lines. That's right. Although he said pink stars, didn't he? When he was well, it, when he was nuts, he said pink stars. Yeah, yes. weird. And I'm, I, I'm wondering if, like, the pink star, you know, now maybe there's a little hierarchy of eggs that the pink one is, you know, more powerful or kind of the central one, and the, the blue one, or maybe it was just, you know, you know, bad FX that they meant to make him bad lighting <laughs> in that room. Maybe there you go. Was it the it's, fluorescent lighting? It's the fluorescent. <laughs> yeah, fluorescent lights. Yeah, was that, or was it under a black light? Was it, <laughs> were there oh, uh, <laughs> were there lava lamps in the corner of that lab? Oh man, a little psychedelia happening. But he was drawn to touch it. Now we had. I'm trying to think. Have we had that sort of thing happen before? I mean, was it a? a it was, you know, it, well, I guess the other one was a mini in the mini dome, and it, people have touched it before. I think Melanie but, felt like that. Oh, uh, yeah, you may be right. I think we saw that Melanie was felt like felt like that when we saw the flashback of them in the past. Went in the pit there, But then yeah. she got pushed in. Melanie was pushed. <laughs> she was pushed, I tell you. <laughs> Julia never had a problem with that. Maybe No, but it was, was already downloaded. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, so it had that, nothing that, else to put in it. That particular anyone. egg was okie dokie. Right. It was already all, all downloaded into what's her name, the chicky, the into yeah into uh, oh my goodness Christine, Christine, and a little bit into Melanie, Melanie, yes. Yeah. Although with any partial download, I'm assuming it aborted and kept and all the over. information yeah. and started over and went into Christine fully. Would you like to retry? Yes, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, knowing computers as I do, it saves the whole data stream and put it all into Christine. That's right. Unless, it, wait a minute, is that what makes Christine all weird? That it, the stuff that went into Melanie wasn't ever put back into the egg, and so she only it. got like most of the download. She didn't get all of it. She was only mostly downloaded. <laughs> That's that, and I have been well. I had thought that that was the case 
from the beginning that the any way that she didn't get all of it. Yeah. So and 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 Melanie has maybe some had some um, uh, you know some some essential part that Christine is missing and is not seeing the whole picture. Mm. That's an interesting implication, I isn't don't it? Know. Yeah. That's what Downlo- makes her a little loony. Download has not completed. Abort, retry, fail. <laughs> fail, I say. <laughs> fail, fail, well, fail. We find out in the past here, or in our flashbacks, it's part of it, that uh, that Patrick, who is uh, Lily's father, uh, they were, Marston was trying to cure him. That was really his, that was his mission. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to, you know, d- deal with that. And, and I think that uh, Hector... Uh, had a uh, had a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a because he was. It sounded like it looked like a friend of the family kind of thing. Oh These yeah, they guys, were partners. Uh, were they I partners? Think they were in, I thought partners in Acteon. That like uh, Hector was the boss, but you know that um, Patrick was like the head of research or something, and that they were working get working together on this egg thing. And I'm sure that they were very close friends as well. Yeah. But, I mean, it looked like they were super close friends. But also that they were working on this, you know, energy project very closely as well. So, yeah, it looked like they were just, their lives were just completely intertwined together. It it was sad. And he has this huge guilt over that accident. Well, and... He does keep Patrick alive, though I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he told Lily he was dead. I think so. I think Lily I think seeing him in that uh, little uh, isolation chamber was a surprise to yes. me. Yes, yes, to me and to Hunter and, yeah, to everybody. And to see him from outside, not in a mirror, but, you know, from the outside observer's view with the little particle thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going back and forth, that's new. Um yeah, it was. It looked more fevered. Yeah, right? yeah, but but like I said, it's it's usually in you, as the person sees themselves. But we were, you know, in the mirror. Right. But we were seeing him as an outside observer from uh, from Hector's point of view. Right. Was that oh, something right. that Hector actually saw? Ah, uh, maybe. Like it, it actually showed outwardly. I see. That would be different than yeah. what we've seen so far, yeah. Than just the person seeing it in themselves. Yeah. Eesh. And it looked like more to me. Mm. You know, like it looks like static on everyone else. But on this, it looked like big particles. Yes, yes, yes. So, like it's taken longer to ferment. And jumping back and forth between yeah, reality just like and this. Big and, yeah, big and, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, like, he's human, and then he's whatever this other thing is. And we find out later, Acteon, I think, at this point, really has the cure, or um, they have Hector an, has brought they, it with him. They have an idea of well, what to do. do it, yeah. And they think it lies in Christine's blood. Yes. Right. But and, I don't think they have the cure. I just think they they have an idea of how to make it if they get... Christine's blood. And do you do you think that's it or do you think they're just saying that? Because they they went there intending to stay. Yeah, I think they I, I think that like many people in Chester's Mill, the Hector's not uh laying all his cards on the table right. or he's 
he's doing a little bluffing of his own. I don't think he has a cure. I think he's, uh, and I, he's just guessing that he needs Christine's blood to, uh, to deal with this. But I, I'm having a feeling. Here's it. But here's the thing. I thought that if he's going to, I thought he was, he was trying to cure Patrick. And if that's the case, why would he, uh, close off the access to the dome? Can't get in, can't get out. See, I think he might, I think he might have said that at one point, but then he said goodbye to him before they left. And then he said, I'm going to take care of Lily. And then he had no intentions of coming back at that point. Uh, I I don't think he has any idea of, of how to cure people. I think at this point, he's putting on this uh, show of saying, hey, I think this might work. And then it's gonna. He knows it's gonna fail. And he's. This is the way of killing everyone, who has, whatever this is in them. And then everyone else is gonna be able to live there under the dome in peace. At least this is what I'm thinking because of that conversation he has with Lily. With Lily, yeah. Because he has every intention of just staying there under the dome forever. If he can, I don't think he realized but they the can't dome was calcifying. Because, right, because it's calcifying. Yeah, it's going to change his plans. That is really going to put a kink in his plans because <laughs> it's going to make the dome come down, and then that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, he tried to seal himself shut, but it uh, doesn't look like that's going to be the uh, the answer to his question. No, not at all, because if he gets out, he knows too much, right? Yep, like that's, he said to Lily, yeah. Right. So then they're in danger again. Well, we get uh, we get Indy coming back to see Jim. And as Julia had predicted, he was more happy to see the dog than Julia. Yeah. But uh, uh, and then he sees the blood from the, you know, from the kick that Barbie gave him. And I'm I'm thinking the next time those two meet, this is not going to. It's not going to go well. Not going to go well. No, no, no. Now, no. mind you, he doesn't know what it is yet, but Julia does. Well, that's true. He doesn't. He wasn't there for that. Right. Yeah, he's, but he's going to want to know what happened to him. Yeah, I'm guessing. But Barb and I are mad. Yes, 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 yes. We're yes, a little yes. peeved at it. But you did give it a 7.5, so you, you're forgiving a little bit here. Mm, that's part of why it's that's a 7.5. Why it's seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all righty. Although he was under the influence of whatever this thing is when he did it, I guess. He has to apologize. Yeah, at some point. Apologize, Barbie. Regardless of the fact that you were kinshibite. I'm talking to you, Dale. (laughs) Because I can't even. Okay, that's the end of the I can't even. (laughs) Well, now here's another thing, too, that... um, that Hector gave, and I'm wondering if if it's his imperfect knowledge of it all. But he said that uh, that emotion may have brought some people back, but it only makes the it only makes the alien influence dormant. Right. Which you can see a little bit of that with um, with uh, Hunter, who would could go back and forth very quickly if he was given his pain meds and he wasn't afraid anymore. If he stops being afraid and he accepts his current situation uh, bravely or, or for whatever reason. Does that mean he suddenly relapses? Yeah, see, he hasn't relapsed again. And neither but, has Nori, neither has Joe. 
yeah. Joe is in the things too, and he has and never he relapsed. He, that's true. He, I don't think he was ever really in. Right. But he was in the cocoons. So, so I think that's yeah. imperfect knowledge. I think that's yeah, so him BSing. Hector does n- is not the necessarily the uh, the uh, all knowing guy as far. No, as... No, I think that's him um, transferring his hatred. Or what he saw in Patrick, he couldn't right. save Patrick for any- for anything. Right. Yeah, I don't think he knows anything about that. That that uh, that maybe. He thinks you can just suppress it because Patrick couldn't shake it for his daughter. Um, but Patrick just wasn't strong enough, you know. And maybe that's it. Maybe Patrick just wasn't strong enough. Or they didn't do anything as far as uh, an emotional. He did kind of calm down with the coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, she brought the coffee. And I was thinking, wow, there's nothing coffee can And I, do. I put... No, there is nothing coffee can't do no, in our notes. amazing. That is completely true. It even calms true. down aliens. 100%. That is true. If, you know, if we had known about bacon and coffee and how powerful they were when we sent Voyager out, <laughs> we should have put bacon and coffee on Voyager. You know, just nice, roughly ground coffee in a cryogenic-packed container and already cooked bacon in a cryogenically packed container just put it right in there vacuum sealed that's right so that you know when they open it they right that's right hopefully they have you know (laughs) smellers oh well that's true yeah but that would be like the quintessential you know earthly smell these people can't be all bad right and maybe curry Alrighty, because curry's a scent uh, affiliated with earth-bound foods. You know, that would be good too. A nice, nice, uh, sweet, strong, heated. You know, curry. that's what we need to do. We just need to, you know, make Christine a good breakfast of bacon and eggs and coffee. You know, and that'd, she'll just calm right down. That'd come right out of it. She get right out of it. That's, I'm sure. That's what, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Junior needs some good bacon. Oh, man, he needs a kick in the pants and some bacon. And some bacon. There you go. You know what? Everyone needs bacon. <laughs> Can we just say that right off the bat? Alrighty. Everyone. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, um, they have really duded up the barn. Right? And Well, not duded up. Where'd I guess, they get you know, all that? Gave, gave it a really uh, all that you know, cheating. touch. Where'd mm-hmm. they get all that? You know, it come, I guess it comes from outer space. Did they get that from Joanne's? <laughs> I don't think there's a you know a a, a Joanne story in a Hancock fabrics. Milk. Yeah, Hobby Lobby something. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. Go to Hobby Lobby and you know if we get a little craft store, we'll make a little uh, uh, thing over here and something for the bed, and we'll you know we'll get one of the um, uh, these pillows from uh, uh, you know Sears or something, and uh, and get the uh, what's the, who who who's uh, I can't remember her name now the. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, you know, pillows and yeah. the, you know, work out. And it'll make your barn just look so presentable for guests. Moo. And, and while you're absorbing the energies of these young girls, I'll be cooking ah. a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> With bacon. <laughs> With bacon and coffee. Uh-oh. Can you imagine that 
Christine's like, okay, you continue to mine and dig out all the amethysts and you go to Hancock Fabrics and get a bunch of really filmy material and we'll hang it from the barn. It's really? Perfect, perfect for the birth of a queen. Why would you do that? Why would, I don't know. Why would little, you have to, okay. A little bit of privacy? I guess, but why? Okay. <laughs> because you don't necessarily want to see everybody putting their, laying their hands on the uh, the new queen I guess. and keeling over. I guess. And where'd they get all the votive candles? Oh. They must have got them all at the same place. Hey, there was be, a there sale. There was a sale at the craft store. Free. Here you are. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the queen needs you laying out of the hands. We get this pink glow and then... Uh, and I was thinking, you know, we went from four hands to twenty-four, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, you know, with and the then hands to on twenty-two. They, well, if you think about it, they're 20. putting their hands on what looks like a dome. Eighteen. A, a well, dome. yeah, it became a dome. <laughs> yeah, mini dome. Yeah. So yeah. Sixteen, fourteen, <laughs> twelve, <laughs> ten. We got a few left. We'll see. Oh, I don't man. think we have any left. Oh, really? Oh, we think we. Yeah, I we, think uh, they're all gone. Yeah, she left the barn. Remember? She was. Thank you for playing. We have some nice parting gifts. No, she we was don't. done. And then Julia found that little pit. mass grave. Ooh. Ugh. I love how you called them kinwives. Were they called that on in no on the show? I, okay. kinship midwives? So I just called yeah, them kinwives. kinwives. I think that's a good. <laughs> yeah. And they're not there anymore. Nope. That didn't last long. Ken wives or Ken gone. So now now we've got this fully grown baby, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess when when she's born, she'll be 13 or something. Do you think? I don't know. That'd be a really long labor. 12. She'll be 12. 12. Because, you know, 24 hands. For one of each of them, yes, of course. See? Well, Joe, we we can't get back over to Joe here. And he's actually, it's amazing how how brilliant this kid is. The, uh, the, the, uh, this, the, he's putting things together to create a, uh, to use an amethyst, to use its, I guess, natural uh, resonance or something mm-hmm. to create this uh, thing. And it's, it's certainly bothering Sam. And it, it's certainly a, I can see that as being kind of the, you know, thing you activate it and you can run through all the zombies you want. Right. At the very least, never mind the dome. Right. But I like the way that Joe is messing with Sam. I Just do too, taunting him. Talking smack. And it's oh. his way of getting back at him too. I love the evil smile he gets too. <laughs> you kill my sister, prepare to die. I mean, it's so great. <laughs> so great. Because he, he makes that really high-pitched noise. And Sam goes, ah, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> Is that bothering you? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me turn. Oh, no, I won't turn it off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. And then the Nori's at the window for him. Yeah, but he wants to stay. You know, it's like, it's like uh, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, it's done. No, I'm staying. I'm staying. Well, Never it's mind. good logic. Yes. If they're all going to get stuck in there and, and run out of air, it's smart. Of him to stay there and try and figure out a way to bring the thing down. As long as he keeps his wits about him, which he has always been able to do. So, like we said, he's never bought into the kinship. 
That's one thing that Joe has been a a, a constant for Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever bought into the kinship. So yeah, I think I think he's been a uh, a stalwart teenager. Thank yes. you. Stalwart. Very nice. Yes. Well, Nori gets back to the resistance, and uh, as she's coming back, you know, she tells him all about what's uh, what is going on with Joe. Um, meanwhile, Jim and Hector are kind of negotiating, shall we say. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll get the DNA, Hector gets his cure, everybody's a hero, because jo- Jim, I, Jim always wants to be that hero. Every time we've seen I him, know. you know, kind of take take charge, it is so that right. people will, you know, and we, we, I think it was the second season, we were talking about people going back and forth, oh, there were Barbie this week, and with Jim the next week, and Barbie, and, and, and the main thing with Jim is, if I can find a way to get these people to like me, then I'll be the hero. Then I got I got it made. Yeah. I can coast. And and we got a little bit of the big gym back and don't be double crossing me. It's like, yeah, well, like you're doing to him, but anyway. Right. Yeah. See, and Hector doesn't care because he figures once he's outlived his usefulness <laughs> he, he can take care of Big Jim. And now that might not mean killing him. You know, I don't know whether Hector wants to kill him or not, but um I think he would if he had to, if but he I, had think, I don't to. think he's trying to. But yeah. no, I, I think Hector probably realizes that he can take over if he needs to. Yeah. Um, he knows that Big Jim was never in the cocoons. So if whatever this thing is, this serum is that he makes, is going to kill the people that have been in the cocoons, he knows that's not going to kill him. So, you know, he's he doesn't, he's not... If that's the deal, you know, if he's thinking that the serum is going to kill the kinship, then he's either prepared to kill Big Jim to stay under the dome, or he figures he can subdue Big Jim at this point. He's got a right-hand man with an Uzi or something. Well, he definitely does. Hmm. He does He's not leaving his side either. Right. Well, I have to tell you... (laughs) This actor mm-hmm. is only contracted for the next show so far. <laughs> so, oh. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything. He could be in other shows as well. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to get starring here. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know well, what else. So, Well, Barbie uh, makes it to uh, the barn finally. That's what he's been trying to do, which is one thing Junior, which is one thing it tipped off Junior. She said, stay away from the barn. Um, Christine said so. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, going against what Christine said. Although, yeah, so. why wouldn't he want to go to the barn? Exactly. I mean, you know, this is this is his this is his child, essentially. Right. He doesn't have to follow what Christine says. Yeah. He's Barbie. Get over yourself. And he did say, "Know your place, Junior." Point. Yes. Now, see. Point. Now, uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> really poking him, that yeah. and that maybe had been the big thing because Junior starts looking to see if he can find where any proof that he buried Julia anywhere. Right, which but, uh, he yeah, doesn't find. You're you're poking a stick at a hornet's nest. That's, that's true. true. That's probably not the best thing to do, Barbie. But not exactly. Yeah, but I don't think Junior's going to get one over on him. I really don't. I think he might kind of uh, undermine Barbie. At some point, and it's going to come to a head. But I don't think Junior is going to win the battle. 
Think Barbie can talk his way out of it? No, I don't. But I think by the time it gets to that point, there's going to be a, a clashing of of uh, one side against the other anyway. Uh, the Great War. Yeah, I do. Well, we jump over to the courthouse again. And Joe is pondering over this uh, this machine, trying to figure out what's going on. And Sam does a little something that makes uh, makes things uh, light up, shall we say. What are you for? I'm guessing that's part of the uh, that's part of the activation sequence. Now uh, we know what the whistle's for. So mm. each tone is going to light up one of the crystals. Yeah, alrighty. It's once we have all the crystals, right? As far as I know, we only still have the uh, the one. one, right? But maybe that's maybe that's all he needs at some point. I don't know. It, uh, it ultimately, it would have been a better machine, but not necessarily. Uh, uh, I think it's he not needs necessarily all the crystals. Useless without them. Uh, I think he needs each one. Yeah, we'll I think see if they should, can find them. He player, should but... need each one because one crystal should have the same density all through it. Uh, true, true. But whatever. I mean, is he shaping them into the same shapes as the as the thing? Is that the deal that he's making them the same shapes? Because if that's what they're trying to pass it off as, then oh, okay, hand wave, be. hand wave. Could be, could be. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Sure, whatever. All I've seen is the one. I didn't think they were creating a bunch of little ones. I thought he was just dealing with the one that we saw glow in his hand. Right. Well, on the paper, they're in different shapes. Yes. So if they're cutting them into shapes, then maybe that's the deal. But technically, if it were, you know, some sort of a, a tonal thing, it should be each crystal with that a different that zone. was down in the cave, yeah. Each different crystal, but whatever. Hand wave again. <laughs> I'll deal with it. Alrighty. I'll try not to let my head get bogged down with these things. I'll try not to worry my pretty little head about it. <laughs> uh, let's see what's next. Hunter gets uh, gets access to that encrypted folder because uh, he is the activist legend, mm-hmm. and we get a picture of an. Uh, the 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 alien affected dad. Yep, Patrick. And that he's still there. Now mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember now, was Lily there at the time? No. I don't think so. No. no. Okay. All righty. This is when she was out on the porch with her dad. And then with or with Hector. Because it cuts directly to the conversation yeah. out on the porch. Um and it was four days ago, the footage. Yes. So he knew that no, she, he hadn't died a week or or weeks ago, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. I wonder at what point. See, there's another um, another pulling, you know, one way or the other here. Uh, we've got people who want to keep keep the dome up, people who want to bring the dome down. Lily is on the side of keeping the dome up, but this this revelation, I'm sure Hunter's going to be telling her that next uh, next episode. Right. That revelation will put her back in the camp of, no, I want to take the dome down. So you've got, you know, a whole bunch of infighting going on here. And then I have the question of, okay, what's the deal with them? I mean, did Hector leave someone behind to make sure 
that Patrick was okay. stays in stasis? Ooh. Or is he just hoping that no one breaks in there and lets him out? He just bolted for the red door and uh, blew it up behind him. Blew yeah. it up real good. I mean, at the very least, you would destroy Patrick, right? I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but... Because you don't want him to get out. Right. If the whole idea is to keep the aliens in the dome... Right. Leaving one outside may not be Or the kill best thing. them, whatever yeah. his motivation is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want them to get free. Uh, yeah, so I'm hoping you left someone behind to make sure Patrick doesn't get out. For safekeeping, yes. Right, but it looks like he just abandoned him. To me, I mean, in this episode, it does. As far as the flashbacks go, that's right. all we got, yeah. Because it, it goes straight from Hunter seeing the picture... Or the footage, whatever. Because, again, it's my archival footage that I have to keep track of. You're so busy. I, I am. And then it flashes to Lily and Hector's talk out on the porch. And then it goes to the the near past flashback of Hector getting ready to go inside the dome. And saying that they're going to destroy the red door. And him saying, I'll take care of Lily and all that. And, of course, Patrick being dismayed. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm assuming Patrick thought that Hector was still trying to find a cure um, because he looked very upset at that Wait a minute, point. wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. You're leaving me here? And, uh, yeah, he didn't look happy at all. So, yeah, the, well, it's like they just leave Patrick behind. Yeah, not good. I don't know what the deal is there. Um. Well, we hopefully we'll come back to that. Yeah. I would like to see us, you know, do a little more and find out what happens with uh it won't leave Patrick in limbo at the end of this uh, This is this season. is the part where I hate that they with three episodes left, they're giving us more stuff to wonder about. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. Hector's motivation? What is he trying to do? Is he trying to kill the kinship? Is he trying to help? Is he trying to I mean, why is he thinking that they're trying to stand under the dome? What you know, this why did they do this three episodes left to go? Yeah, really. Why didn't this is an interesting storyline? Why didn't they do this five episodes ago? <laughs> yeah, and to try. I mean, the, I, unless the last three are going to be real, you know, stem winders. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that particular uh, simile, um, it's uh, like big. It's a storm, kind <laughs> of, right? Well, it's like a well, a stem winder is like when something gets wound around an axle or something like that, and right. you know. And, Right. And makes it all, you know, weird. Anyway, yeah. 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 And then finally, Julia comes across the mass grave. Oh. And of the kinwives. Sad. Yes. And she is discovered by, I guess, the... Uh, you uh, said the other kinwife, and I put alpha kinwife. The alpha kinwife. Because she go. wasn't really a kinwife. No, she was uh, kind of you know, running the show there. Right. Yeah. She was the, uh, let's see, the party planner. <laughs> Because she was the one running around grabbing all the kinwives and bringing you them are. to Ava. Come on in. Yes. Yeah. And she's taken out by, like I said, Dead Eye Calvert Hill. Yeah. And it was like, now, After first of all. After one lesson. Yeah, really. That's the thing. First of all, if one lesson. Yeah. Second of all, as I understand it, silencers make your aim notoriously worse. bad. Yeah, yes. Much worse. And and she nails it right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yikes! And 
from the angle, I, I the, the impression I bad. got was she was kind of behind um, Julia. Mm-hmm. So one little slip one way or the other, and Julia's taken out. She probably would have shot Julia. Yeah. <laughs> at that angle. Yeah. Uh, a silencer is a longer barrel for it to go through. So yeah, yeah. it's it's bad, and it's a a barrel that is um, not well rifled. It's it's, it's right trying to absorb the sound. Yeah. Right. And it's uh, also, you know, not manufactured with the barrel that's Yes, yes, that's it's part not necessarily of the gun. matched up with the gun. Yeah. Right. In fact, it's not matched up with the gun. 100% not matched up with the gun. So yeah, it's it's not a good not a good test for a uh, first-time shooter. Wow. Uh yeah, so she's she's a natural. I Apparently guess. Apparently so. I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh yeah. Well, she saved the day. Thank you very much, Nori. We appreciate it. Yeah, good job, Nori. Uh, she oh. did. The actress did a great job. <laughs> I can't fault the actress at all. It's just no, no. a show. Yeah. And again, hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> but I want to see. I, I, I will be very interested in seeing how they d- deal with that. How she deals with that emotionally. I want to see some change yeah. next week because they did mention it. Yes, I mean, so, if you're going to do that, and then you're going to have that happen. There's got to be something that's going to right. um, going to change you. Right. Well, I mean, they hung a lantern on it, so hopefully we'll go back and pick it up. I hope so. Me too. All righty, let's get to some obituaries. We've got quite a few. But we uh, we don't know the names of virtually any of them. I don't I think, think any. Well, just the one. Just the one kinwife. And what uh, was that, Charlotte? Was Charlotte, I think yeah. that... Uh, that Junior had really had his eyes on. Yeah. But various kinshippers in the attack on the funeral home. And we might and, know the names of some of those, but we have no idea. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. And 12 kinwives. Yep. Charlotte and, uh, included. And according to Christine, they didn't feel a thing. Well, that's what they say. That's what that that's the, her story and she's sticking with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, who knows whether that's true or not. Alrighty. Um, oh, wait a minute. Are they yes? really dead, though, or will they live on in the queen? In in Ava's baby. Well, no, I think they're really dead. For obituaries, we we don't. No, go with, they're really you know, dead. <laughs> we don't deal with life force. We deal that's with just bodies. Me. That's His just bodies me in the ground. That's silly. it. Thank yeah. you. Alrighty. Um. Well, let us move right along because we have uh, some very interesting headlines here, ratings and things, and wow! And Karen can handle it. Goes that. further across the room every week, doesn't that it? Hurts. It does. You're gonna mark on the wall. I think it hit my cat. Next wow. time we should get the cat sound effect. <laughs> uh, yeah, the ratings. Uh, our Canadian ratings co- correspondent Lawrence Griffin wrote and said, "Under the Dome did well in Canada. The episode Breaking Point was seen by 1.3 million viewers. Million viewers. Mm-hmm. The show finished in tenth place on the list of the 30 most watched shows. So in the top third. Not See bad. how that works. Top third. And we're doing math, you know, right on the fly. See." Here. I it can, can do be that. done. I'm it pretty, can be done. I'm pretty smart. Uh, and on TV by the numbers, compiled by me, your American readings correspondent, <laughs> uh, at 10 p.m. And again, we had a Dateline mystery, which is this new Lawrence um, 
no, um, what's his name? Holt, Lester Holt. Lester Holt. Show. Um, it got a 1.2 and a four share. With, and it was not a repeat. It was a. No, new. it was a new show. Uh, 5.53. And again, it's the 9 to 11 thing, as we explained last week, which it's going to get more ratings because it's keeping people held over from the nine o'clock hour. And I'm not just making excuses. This is their gimmick to keep people. Um, but next we were followed not so closely, um, in the live ratings with, uh, 0.83 with 4.04 million viewers. So the millions were not as far away as the demo rating. Still quite respectable. Yeah, not bad. And Rookie Blue was third with 0.6 and a two share with 3.62 million viewers. Now, again, in the live plus three ratings, I can't talk apparently when I'm reading. (laughs) In the live plus three ratings, Under the Dome led total viewership increases, adding 2 million viewers, rising 66%. And the 18 to 49 demo. It's the highest scripted show on the Live Plus 3 list behind only Big Brother and Bachelor in Paradise. Although those aren't scripted shows. Right. That's what I said. It's the highest scripted show. Oh, I see. Behind only Big Brother and Bachelor in Paradise. So those are one and two. And then the highest scripted show is under Uh, the I got you. So if it was only scripted shows, it would be number one. And then Big Brother and Stupid Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> I hate. I like putting highest scripted show because we need more of those. This is my soapbox. Can we get a soapbox sound effect somewhere? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we need less reality TV and more scripted shows because I'd rather have talent than just, you know, I don't Drama. know. This Man- rubbernecking. Yeah. Is what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's you know TV rubbernecking, and I just I would I rather have talent on TV. So that there's my soapbox, and I'm sticking to it. Alrighty. So there's our All ratings right. news. It's it's looking good. Alrighty. Now this is where you folks get to say what you want to say. And some of what we want to say. I um, I had some Barbies of the Week. I'm going to go through them because we didn't get as many uh, listener Barbies of the Week this time around. We didn't. No. But I'm disappointed. Ha- Where are you, people? I are disappoint. <laughs> I has a disappoint. <laughs> yes, that's right. Alrighty. While I was watching, I had uh, a few uh, Barbies of the Week that I tweeted out. Uh, one was Back from the Edge Barbie. Comes with bloody beard and a gun that he just gives away. His beard got less and more bloody in every oh, shot. Really? Yeah, it was very inconsistent. <laughs> but that's all right. All righty. Um, then I had the fake kinship Barbie. He convinces the Joe doll that he's not like the Sam doll. Right. There you are. I'm not really like Sam. I'm really turned over. Yes, turned over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. And finally, we had barn barging Barbie with ramming speed. Comes with an... Ava doll and push the button and she's nine months pregnant. There you are. Maybe your fake kinship Barbie needed to come with the leaf that you can turn over. Oh, there you are. (laughs) Available in multicolors. That's right. All right. Uh, Karen, give us the runner-up Barbie of the week. This was good. Sure. The runner-up Barbie of the week came from Rachel Nash. 
She gave us duplicitous Barbie, complete with two interchangeable faces. <laughs> Comes with jealous Julia doll, life-eating Ava doll, available while supply of virgins holds out. <laughs> I like that. There we go. Yeah, me too. Thank Which means you, the life-eating eating Ava doll is maybe around for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Not long. Get them oh, while man. you can. That's right. They're... they're, they're <laughs> While supplies last. Thank you. That's right. Troy Heinrich from Under the Dome Radio called uh, called Creekside Barbie. Shares valuable information with a loved one by a quiet stream. Romantic gondola ride sold separately. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. That's right. Very nice. It's a wonderful little place to do it. It is. It babbles. Uh, Emily. No, no. O- the, 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 the stream, not the Barbie. Right. Not the Barbie. The stream. <laughs> And not Julia, either. And it's not really a gondola, either. It's more of a... Canoe. A canoe, (laughs) yeah, really. Uh, Emily (laughs) O'Leary. I don't know why I can't talk tonight. I know her name. She's my BFF. Um, Emily O'Leary writes, Trust me, Barbie. Comes with ruggedly handsome smile and unblinking eyes. Wins every staring contest. Collectible girlfriends sold separately. It's a lot of them to collect. And you know, ruggedly handsome only describes one man. Nathan Fillion. Oh, okay. You cannot use ruggedly handsome to describe anyone else. Sorry. (laughs) All right, we'll keep that in mind. Yes, please. Corey Metcalf (laughs) gave us, should I buy this, Barbie? Well... (laughs) It's there, and it's only four ninety five. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Junior wasn't sure, was he? Not exactly. No. He was the only one that wasn't sure. He wasn't well, sure. Well, you know, Junior. Open up he, his needs, he needs a kick in the pants and then bacon. That's right, and bacon and coffee and, and eggs, coffee. maybe even. Um, so, shall I read Barb's feedback? We've got some letters. Let's hear them. We do. Our political cartoon lampoonist has written into us, and she says, Hello, Karen and Doug. Hello. Hi, Barb. You usually say hello, so I paused. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, missing my, I'm missing my cues. <laughs> That's right. This Staff. is <laughs> This Go is ahead. Barb, your political cartoon lampoonist, calling in with feedback on this week's Under the Dome episode. Legacy. I'll give this week's epi three bleeding dogs. Ouch. I'm hoping that opposed to a baby legacy that Barbie may leave behind, that this title refers to the end of the dome. Here are the things I'm investigating this week. Crackshot Training Academy. Nori has apparently become a weapons expert after merely holding a gun. <laughs> I've heard that someone else pulled the trigger, and I'm looking into claims that this school uses snipers behind the scenes to make its students think they have snagged the big one. Headshots are its specialty. Yeah, I could see that, Barb. Bright Beginnings Home Daycare. Allegedly a tiny tot daycare service. I've heard this is actually a safe house for murderers. I don't want to get too close. As I hear, it is associated with the Crackshot Training Academy. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a connection there. That's right. Harriet's Midwife Service. I'm hearing strange rumors that this is tied to a satanic witch cult and that they are practicing human sacrifice. There are whispers of a mass grave somewhere. I'll check it out, but you know how easily I get lost in the woods. 
I see what you did there, Barb. Croatian Historical Art School. They are supposed to be studying cryptic messages left throughout history and how art can be used to do the same thing today. But the only thing I saw was a kindergarten looking looking drawing of a baby bottle. (laughs) Sounds like a company that's either trying to fleece folks out of their money or cry that pink stars falling in lines are actually falling skies in an effort to stir up business. And the local humane society. It's not doing its job. I saw a poor dog running around with blood on it after clearly being kicked in the head. No one attending to it. There are no police in this town to pick up animal abusers. Complete disarray. Oh, man. Did you like my emphasis on those words, Barb? I hope so. My plan B story this week was about some psychotic ER patient restrained and screaming he was an alien and that pink stars were falling in lines. ER patient. Get it? Get it? (laughs) I get it. (laughs) We know how that worked out with Lloyd. I promise not to take us down the tabloid rabbit hole again. I'm glad that plan B didn't work out. There are some new characters on the scene and they apparently emerged from the lake with not a drop of water on them. (laughs) And I recently heard a strange screeching sound coming from the old courthouse. Actually, I enjoyed that screeching sound, Barb, so don't even go there. That was hilarious. (laughs) I'll check that out as soon as I get a chance, but I think someone is trying to create a sonic boom to either destroy our eardrums or blast this dome to smithereens. This is Barb signing out. I'm going to see if I can find that dog and render some first aid. Good, good. Let's do that, Barb. I'll help you. Exactly. I want to know how big is a smithereen? It's very small. Very small. Yeah. It's tiny. Alrighty, it's, we shenanigans a- are very large, <laughs> and smithereens are very small. People don't say smithereens nearly enough anymore. No, they don't. Or no. shenanigans. Or shenanigans. Yeah, it's true. Already, our investigative reporter, Justina, has filed another report. I don't know how she's getting her Wi-Fi from inside a calcified dome, but she's doing a good job of it. Hi, this is Justina from the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm keeping a low profile today because I do not want to be the next sacrifice for that crazy alien baby. Hector Martin is acting like he's going to be a good guy, but really, he has his own agenda. He just wants to find a cure for his friend Patrick. He'll do anything to help Lily and her father. So I know he told Big Jim that if Big Jim helps him find Christine to get the DNA to help synthesize the cure, that he would get all of Big Jim's people out. But then I overheard him and he said he would never let this dome come down. Never. That's horrible. What are we going to do? It's already starting to calcify. We don't have any food. But on the other side, I can see his point. He has one infected person at Acteon that he wants to save. There are so many residents here in Chester's Mill that are affected. And this baby, a new queen, she is an unknown quantity. She has the life force of 12 human beings inside of her and alien DNA. I'm not sure anyone could answer the question of what she will be capable of on the day of her birth 
considering she's already making her mother Ava much stronger and she's not even born yet. At the rate she grows, she could probably be at full power in like 48 hours. We may be stuck under the dome with an alien that is at full power in just two days. So even though I don't want to die under here, I can see the sacrifice of the residents of Chester's Mill being better than letting this dome crack open and release all of these infected people into the general population. I'm putting my faith in Joe. I hope he keeps a clear head and can possibly change that schematic that Christine drew to not only crack open the dome, but to actually separate the aliens from their human hosts. Because I think these are sort of like a parasitic species. I don't think they can live outside of us. So if the sound waves can separate the aliens from their human bodies, maybe they'll just die out. Julia better lay low too, because if Ava sees her, I'm afraid she'll be dead for sure. And Barbie's in some sort of remission, but what if he snaps back unexpectedly? I really fear for Julia. I gotta go find Big Jim. I think he's about to get double-crossed. And that's what's going on under the dome. And we wouldn't mind Big Jim to get double-crossed. No, no, no. <laughs> sure. And see, Julia, uh, Justina didn't catch it either that um, Hector is not planning to leave the dome. He does not want a cure for mm. Patrick. He is not looking for a cure for Patrick. Um, What's he looking for a cure for? Or just something to kill the aliens? Uh, we don't know. He mm. says he's looking for a cure, but he's obviously not because he was intending to stay under the dome forever. I like the idea, too, that maybe this um, this uh, high screeching little the sound wave thing that uh, Joe's putting together... Um, May and it doesn't quite make sense, but you know, might bring the aliens out of the people. The reason I, I'm not inclined to think that is because uh, they wouldn't build it in the first place. You know, right? Uh, unless it was supposed to do something bigger, and maybe with the with only one amethyst, you know, that that's a possibility that it only right. that it will, uh, you know, it, it drives them nuts. Well, it like made it did. Sam crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's all it takes. That could be that could be a good uh, good theory, interesting theory. Right. Already Always something we, to think about from Justina, right? Yeah, absolutely. One more little bit of uh, bit of tid tidbit. <laughs> bit of tid. I like that's right. that. I'll have to use that. I'm stealing that from you. A little bit of tid. Yes. <laughs> On the uh, Facebook group. Todd Schwartzberg said this, and this is a little conversation here with a few people. He said, just want to say that I really like how Nori is able to adapt really quickly in a stressful situation from not knowing anything about guns, where or what a safety is, to later being able to nail the guy right on to save Julia. She's my hero this episode. I know I wouldn't be able to adapt so quickly going to crap go so so quickly to crap going down like that. Only niggle I have is I don't think Nora would be that accurate in reality. One of her sh first times shooting a gun, and her aim is perfect. Not sure if I buy that 100%, but still, Nori's adaptability here is awesome. I can go with that. 
Meryl Urish responds, but we love Nori, so we will suspend our disbelief and say, wow, great shooting, smile emoticon. <laughs> and when I say smile emoticon, that's what she wrote, not an actual... No, she put uh, a smile emoticon, didn't Oh, did she? she? Oh, almost Yeah, there. I okay. think so. Um, Kendra Campbell replied, I'm calling beginner's luck, because I love Nori, too, and she's just awesome like that. That's right. Rachel Nash said, hey, it's completely believable compared to the fact that it only took three weeks for Julia to remember that Barbie killed her husband. I, I don't know about that. I think it's just it took three weeks for her to bother bringing it up. Right. <laughs> and here's a question. Who is Barbie lying to, Julia or Ava? That's a good question. Yes. I think Ava. Hope so. And Todd responds again. Okay, Julia or Ava. I think it was real when Julia first broke Barbie, so to speak, when he almost killed her, but he but couldn't. But it was dormant, so maybe kinship Barbie came back a little bit when he saw how pregnant Ava was and the reality that this was their baby. I hate to think that the kinship virus, let's say, can reemerge so quickly after just breaking free. Until we know more, I want to say that he's lying to Ava now, but things aren't that black and white. We shall just have to see in the next few episodes. Yeah, and I, like you and I discussed, I don't think Hector knows that for sure. The, the yeah, dormancy yeah, he, thing. He has uh, incomplete knowledge. He's not the expert. Right. So I don't think we should take that at, at face value. Um, and the conversation did go on a little bit, but they discussed the preview for next week. So I didn't want to add that in. Um, so we we will not discuss that. But they went on to discuss the preview from next week in that conversation. All right. Well, we'll get to that in the... So if you're interested in that, the conversation is on our Facebook page. Yes, yes. That that particular conversation is there, and you can do the same thing. Correct. You can make, In fact, you can post on our Facebook page, uh, the Chester's Mill Gazette, uh, or you can call 304-837-2278 if you prefer to do it by phone. Or goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback is the most versatile way to do it. You can type in text, you can upload an audio file, or you can use the handy-dandy speak pipe widget. Why do they call them widgets? I don't know. I but, don't know uh, You click on that, we turn on your uh, computer's microphone, and we record everything you say for the next 24 hours. So, <laughs> what? No, Not quite. Um, yeah, so anyway, and you can go to the goldenspiralmedia.com website, goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes for a bajillion or a few dozen uh, other podcasts that uh, other people here uh, do. And some of those people, like as I said, will be in Atlanta on September 3rd. Don't forget that. Goldenspiralmedia.com slash DC15 to jump to the Facebook event page. And uh, you can register your intention of being there so we know to plan for you. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. And did you like how I, you know, bridged that little gap from the feedback into the... You are the Segway queen. I am. Thank you. you it's amazing. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, folks, it's time for that wonderful section of uh, our paper where we let you know what's coming up next. Here are the spoilers. <laughs> And there's a reason we're playing that music, isn't there, Doug? There is. Because next week's episode is called Love is a Battlefield. Special guest, Pat Benatar. <laughs> I wish. She's awesome. Um, next week's episode is called Love is a Battlefield. And 
Here is the synopsis. Members of the Resistance race to release their loved ones from Christine's influence before she reaches her endgame for the Dome. While Barbie risks everything in, a t in an attempt to free Ava from the kinship. Hmm. Big Jim and Julia are enlisted by Hector, the head of Acteon, to test a possible cure for infected townspeople. Again, hmm. Also, Joe chooses to work with Christine after she shares some shocking information about the entity behind the dome on Under the Dome, Thursday, August 27th at 10 p.m. on CBS. Ooh. It is written by Peter Calloway and Adam Stein and directed by Lee Rose. Shocking information. Shocking. Will we be shocked? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so shocked. Yeah, I'm guessing they're aliens. Or something like that, yeah. Or, or are they manufactured by the government? No, ah. they're aliens. They're aliens. Come on. Manufactured by no, the No, they fell. They fell as What's asteroids. <laughs> they're aliens. Of course, of course. Alrighty, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, that that's the summary for next week. And I wonder how you know. I guess the love is a battlefield comes with you know maybe uh, Barbie and Ava, and that's that's going to be a bit of a battle as he's trying to free her from the kinship. Well, if you saw the preview for next week, you can kind of get the inkling from where that's coming, from where that is coming. Alrighty, I'll make sure I'll get that inkling. Yes. Do you see what oh. I did? I didn't end in the proposition. Proposition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Oh, here we are, folks. We'll, we'll, we break the rules and we keep the rules. And you just you just never know what's going to happen on this, uh, in this paper. Yeah, we're rebels. That's right. And, well, let me tell you, I, we really do appreciate you reading this uh, particular issue of the Chester's Middle Gazette. It has been a blast. Trust me. Yep. Volume I'm Doug. 3, Episode 10. Issue 10. I'm Doug. It's me. Really. It is. It really is him. And I'm Karen. Kind of glad that the red door is sealed shut. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com. 